All right. Welcome back to the Press Play Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that will not sing picture with you at karaoke. I'm Ian. Hard, hard saying. Seth? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm Dasher. Oh, yeah, that's right. You go to the karaoke bars with us. You just don't sing. Yeah. Sing one song and watch, and watch some random bitch be like, I like the way you sing. Will you sing picture with me? No, I won't. Well, that's why I don't sing one song, because nobody would ever come up to me and say that after I did. So, um, yeah. So today we don't have this. This is so fun. We don't have any shitty TV show to talk about. Uh, it's just a movie. That's all. Yeah. We're just doing a movie today. Do you got a uh, small tidbit of nerd news? Okay. Um, the Predator, the Predator prequel, Prey dropped a teaser trailer today. Um, I, I did not get a chance to watch that. It's, I, um, did see, it's, I did see the new trailer for the boys, though. Yeah, um, the Predator, it's called Prey, and the trailer's like 30 seconds long. It doesn't show you really anything at all, but what it does show you has me intrigued. Apparently, this is going to take place way back in the 1800s, and he's going up against the Comanche. Um, I'm, I'm so here for that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know, dude, because like I th- like I haven't seen I'm a good so predator movie. I haven't seen a good predator movie since the first one. So I'm pretty for sure. I I did not see the second one. I saw Alien versus Predator one and two. I saw Predators with Adrian Brody, and I saw the other one that just we shall not talk about. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's you know. It can't be any worse than what they put out previously, and I—it's going to be a movie, and it's coming straight to Hulu. So you know, a lot of people are like, "You got nothing to lose with your time." Exactly, exactly. That's what it boils down to. And I mean, it's a cool concept. He's going to be fighting fucking Indians, okay? Um, is he vastly Native Americans? Native Americans. Native Americans. (laughs) Is he vastly superior in every way, shape, form, or fashion? Yes. Are they probably going to snuff his ass by movies in? Also, yes. And I just want to see it. Well, shit! How did how did fucking Dutch kill the predator with sticks and stones? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's true. So, with think, Home Alone I, tactics, I think the Native Americans have a fucking mass advantage over this guy. Yeah, they'll be fine. Well, one of them will. There's always one. So, yeah, I'll check that out. So, I have wanted to see this movie for a while. Uh, I, I remember seeing the animated Hobbit film when I was in elementary school, and I have never seen the Lord of the Rings, the animated film directed by Ralph Bakshi, who this, we'll get into it. This guy has a style for sure. Yeah, but I wanted to see this movie because I knew that it was it's not. It depends on who you are. And I'll get into my feelings about it, uh, like on a grading scale. But this movie is kind of historic, with the implementation of rotoscope and animation. It's not. It's not that bad. I feel like a lot of people when the Peter Jackson films came out, they just shit on this movie. I don't think it deserves that. But we'll get into that later. So I don't really know which one of us is even the biggest Lord of the Ring fan. I know it's not me. Me or Seth, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I enjoyed all six films immensely. Um, 
I know. I didn't, Seth, I didn't. I didn't care for the Hobbit films. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't see Seth. the Hobbit films. I saw the each. I saw I've, the the film I've seen the most is the Fellowship. I've seen Two Towers and Return of the King one time, and that was when they were in the theaters. I've never returned to them. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the Lord, the Lord of the Rings, it easily lends itself to very long scripts because the books, each book is like nine hundred and seventy three pages long. Yeah, but but the Hobbit is is one book. It's like this thick. It's, it's one book. Long. It's a story, and they stretch it into three movies. And I just I lost I lost a lot of respect for Jackson after that. I liked them, um, but as far as this film's concerned, I will say this: uh, you know, kind of uh, piggybacking off what you said a second ago, the animation style for this film for the times absolutely mm-hmm. trendsetting because yeah I and it's hit or miss in certain places i i, I agree i don't and i was telling slice ready this before we went on air because him and i were online together and i was like i don't know if i loved it hated it or was just in awe of it um it was definitely different i appreciated mm. it it's like he he wanted me to explain how it was to him and the only way i could explain it's like you they actually filmed actual people and then overlaid animation on top of them Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked, it was definitely unique. I've never seen anything like it before. Um, and you're right. In some places it was not very good, but in other places, I thought it was pretty fucking spectacular. Yeah. The, the place that lends itself the most street cred is that final battle. It looked amazing. See, considering I, that those were actual people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was probably my biggest gripe on the film is it just pretty much fucking ends. Yeah, this movie ends in between where uh, in the middle of the two towers, basically. It's so yeah, weird. Pretty much. It's the weirdest place to end the film. I totally agree with that. It makes no sense. But I mean, then again, there was well, supposed think, to be a, Seth, yeah. uh, a sequel. Yeah, yeah Gandalf, there was supposed yeah. to be one of they scrapped it because this performed not very well. It yeah. didn't do that bad. I think it's just a lot it of audience members felt lied to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gandalf comes riding down the mountain with about fifty men and cut to black, basically. Um, I didn't, Yeah, it just, I know the same people who did the Hobbit, uh, Frankenbass. They did come out with a sequel to this uh, for Return well, of the King, but yes, they did. It, it was different. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I saw snippets of it, and it's nothing like this at all. It's just straight, pure, traditional animation. Mm-hmm. Where this is absolutely not. So, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, it's rotoscope. Batchy was going for a very surreal and just out there look, um, because I mean, you, you if when you read the books, and everything, yeah, the Lord of the Rings is pretty fucking far out there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. A weird story. Um, there's a, there's a lot that you have to accept as far as strangeness goes. Mm-hmm. How, and especially with how how the how the orcs are described in the book. Mm-hmm. He made them look was uh, I, I like the interpretation of it because there is there was really no you know set look for any right. people right or uh, you know there were fan arts but um, nothing that really that really you know like we have today we have specific imagery mm-hmm. um, because the the films are just ubiquitous with the look now of these characters but you know. I, one thing I, I do like how Frodo is portrayed in the in uh the in, the, in this one more than I do in uh, the films because in the films he always felt like he was a uh he was always falling down and in the stress. he was just there 
He was there to be saved. Mm-hmm. That's fine to a point. And this one, he's, you know, he's fighting back and he's, he's brave. He's brash, uh, which is, is a lot closer to the character in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot as far as uh, the film trilogy is concerned. Sam yeah. does a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Fun and tell at all. But well, and that, Sam was one of my biggest problems. Well, and I yeah, think, mine too. I, I told, I told, like, like right when they first introduced him, I turned to my girlfriend and I said, "Why did they make Sam an idiot?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was the bumbling sidekick that he it's, he he was just off. But yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Frodo at all. And that's probably one of the things. It took me because this is like a two and a half hour long movie, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a good 20, 30 minutes to get into the feel. And the main reason is after seeing the movies, you're all these actors are established as these characters. And that's yeah. uh, when you think of Aragorn, you think of um, Vigo Mortensen. When you think of Frodo, you think of Elijah Wood, so on and so forth. The I voice, had the exact same problem. The, the voice acting threw me off a lot. It took a while to get used to the voice acting, with the exception of Sir Alex Guinness, who played um, Gandalf, obviously. Which was I will surprise. say, uh, I William Hurt, I recognize Hurt. that voice right off John Hurt, rather, yeah, John yeah. Hurt. Aragorn was great. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's that's those are the two characters that I think, while not Gandalf, but Aragorn. I think he was a slight improvement from his uh, live-action counterpart, almost because, like, I forgot who's I forgot how it was worded, but it's like you could you could see Vigo as a, more of a warrior, but not really as a king. But when John Hurt's voicing Aragorn, you can see him as both because he just yeah. has a presence. Yeah, yeah, I I, I could feel that. He um, he he does, but I, I still prefer uh, Mortensen's Aragorn. Sure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Um, I like I like the vulnerability that that he gives to that performance. Um, sure, and there's certain characters that are just completely glossed over. Like, uh, if I hadn't read the books, I'd have been like, okay, so there's a dwarf with them and the the, the yeah. blonde one. Yeah, Gimli, yeah, Gimli and Legolas are just there. Lot, yeah, they don't get a lot of play at all. Yeah, they're um, they're pretty much cameos. Yeah, but are exactly. but is it necessary to the story of the first movie? With the exception of that council scene, which I liked the council scene, uh, I don't really feel like they were necessary that much. So it was okay to scale them back. Uh, for for in, in this script, no. In this script, yeah. If, yeah. if you read the books and everything, if you read the books and you watch the the, that's where I like the films better is that they they recognize the importance of Gimli and Legolas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were two of my favorite characters in the trilogy. Yeah, they're sure. pushed. They're pushed into the back seat in the animated film, and that's because he was, Bashy was focusing on, more on Gandalf and Frodo, right, and Aragorn, and he didn't. He didn't know how to. I don't know if he didn't know how to, or he just didn't want to give yeah. every equal equal screen uh, time. Well, right. certain characters are just they're just there. Like they even they don't even show you how uh, Mary and Pippin show up. They just tell you, oh, yeah, and, Sa- and oh, yeah. Mary and they Pippin just, are coming now. <laughs> they're just here now. <laughs> yeah, they, just, yeah yep. they just say it. They're like, oh, yeah, and they're coming. Okay, <laughs> we don't even know them, but fuck it. That's, that's, not, that's not too much of an explanation of how little they said it either. Oh, yeah, they're here too. No, that's what? exactly what happened. <laughs> One thing this, um, and mind you, I've, I've never read the Lord of the Rings books. I've listened to the audio books. Um, mm. 
because they're a hard read, dude. Uh, That's what I heard. One thing, I heard the first one, one is. One thing this movie did um, show me is just how faithful the movies were as far as an adaptation goes. And sure, I'm sure they took liberties, and I'm sure they left a lot of things out because they did. But almost word for word, you get the same dialogue in this film than you do in the motion pictures. Yeah, a lot because a lot of the dialogue yeah. in both films comes directly yeah. from the books. Exactly, they're exactly. direct yeah. quotes. Like, like one, yeah, like uh, I, I, I don't know half of you as much as I'd like or whatever, and I like mm-hmm. less than half of you half as much as you deserve. I don't Straight know the quote, but I was, I was yeah. like, that's. Huh, so they both did that. That's one of yeah. my favorite lines ever. Um, I, I I think I will say this. Um, Gladriel in Galadriel. the movies. Gladriel in the movies way more menacing than in this film because when she does her little spill when Odo, when Frodo offers her the ring, yeah. it was almost like a happy-go-lucky scenario. But in the yeah. films, it was terrifying. Yeah, and I will give the Lord of the Rings this: they definitely win number one spot for most confusing names. Because I like anything too Anglo, I just I just can't deal with it. Like <laughs> I'm surprised I was even able to correct you, Gladriel. I was like, the only reason right. I know that is because I had the subtitles on. Yeah, because uh, I had to. Of- I was like, they're going to the where to see the who. The, are these people? <laughs> um, one thing I will give Batchy credit on in this film is he had balls because it was a bloody animated film. Yeah, like yeah, literally, like literally bloody. I mean, he didn't skip on the uh, gore. No, and uh, they they did it. Like, there's there's a couple scenes that I worried about when I was watching it. I was like, and one of them, it's probably my favorite moment in the live action movie, is how are they going to treat the death of Boromir? Yeah, because yeah. that's a very important deep. That's a very important scene that you can't you can't fuck it up. Yeah. And I thought they did a very very good job of yeah. uh, when he's talking to Frodo. Runs away, Frodo runs away, and he realizes his mistake. And then you know he goes to protect Mary and Pippin. I thought that was a great scene, and yeah, yeah. blood, yeah, yeah, for an animated movie. Yeah, they they showed the blood. Yeah, this one he just gets shot like four times immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they they kind of drag it out a little bit in the film. But, yeah, yeah, um, and I I like so much. Well, in, in the film, was, it was Sean Bean. Sean Bean has to have an epic death scene. It's like oh, well, in his yeah. contract. Actually, <laughs> he's he's got a new contract now. He he won't take a role anymore unless he lives. I'm pretty sure I read that. He's like he's he's tired of dying. <laughs> he's just fucking sick of it. But uh, I get it. The, yeah, like so much, it, it's amazing they what they were able to do with rotoscope because even the Balrog was was rotoscoped and it looked pretty good. Ah, uh, see, I was not a fan I, of the Balrog I, in this. I did that pretty was, good. I was yeah. That's one of the designs that I I did not like was the yeah. Balrog. It I was, said pretty uh, good. It looked no, like a, not even nah, that. It, it looked like an NES monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, considering that took the the NES was released at least ten years, maybe fifteen after this movie, I'd say that's a win. Uh, it, it's it's just the you know it's not just the quality of the drawing or whatever. It's it's you know all the design aspect <laughs> of that drawing. I just I just don't like the way the Balrog looks in this. No, it, it looked very very quickly put together like oh yeah we gotta we gotta put a balrog in this scene i forgot about that here make a balrog <laughs> real quick that's almost like it was i mean because it was not menacing at all it definitely didn't look like anything gandalf should have had an issue with yeah. whereas in the live action film the balrog was literally a fucking kaiju um you know let's call it what it is um but yeah now 
I got a question as far as what is Scope's concerned, because this is the first movie I've ever seen in that style. What other movies have been made with that style? I'm, I'm sure Tron. Batch has got a, I'm sure has got a couple more out there because Ian, you Tron. said this was his style. Tron, yes, Tron was used with uh, Rotoscope. Oh, Tron. Okay, yep. And uh, yep. so was I, um, I tripped. I tripped. Baschke, Bas- didn't didn't Baschke direct uh, Heavy Metal? Uh, I think he did. Or I don't know if he, if he directed it. He was definitely a, a main player in it. But uh, it was good. I like Cool World. I'm, I'm just looking it up. Cool World. Yeah, uh, Cool World. That's the one. Heavy Metal. Secret of the Nymph. Let's see. Heavy Metal. That is. I don't know why that movie has been popping up on my Facebook and a- Amazon for so long. Like I did, even before I even brought up this movie, Heavy Metal was like, "Do you want to watch this movie?" I'm like, "I don't even know what this is." You don't. You've never seen it. You've never seen heavy metal. <laughs> I've never metal. seen heavy metal. Also, heavy metal is awesome. Okay, so he did not direct heavy metal. It was a guy named Gerald Potterton, but he's got to have something to do with it because that just looks like his style. This fuck. Who's the? Who's yeah. the? Ch- I'm, never mind. Moving on from the big titted women. Uh, Julie Strain. That's who you're asking about. Yeah. You seen heavy metal? Oh yes. Many is times. it worth it? I, I think so. I think it's a very good anime. It's different. I'm a, um, Gen X, I'm a Gen Xer who experimented with hallucinogenics. Of course, I've seen heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's like, so, that's like, when you said, that's like when you said Tron. I'm like, yeah, well, the very first time I ever tripped on acid, I think we watched Tron. So, yeah. I have I have never seen Tron. I've seen the first 20 minutes of Tron, and I was bored to tears and turned it the fuck off. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> nothing that you, you're, you're not going to watch it for the plot. It's, that it's straight. Sure. Yeah, Tron is straight up novelty. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, speaking of the rotoscope and the final battle, it's like those. Th- there's no CGI. Those are all real people. So when you think yeah. of hundreds of people all dressed in costume have, having to be filmed and then laid over with animation, that's no small feat. And it's, not. it's extraordinarily especially, impressive. Especially for yeah. 1979, 1978. Yeah. yeah. And this is an animated film, so how much money could they have given it back then? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, as far as I, I mean, know, it turned a profit. I mean, up, I mean, up, even up and all the way up until the uh, the the latest films released, everyone always said that the source material is unfilmable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not translate to the screen, and they kind of did it with this animated movie. Yeah, I, they, they kind of did. I, I, yeah, I think, I think they they capture a uh, the main. Uh, tone of the books which is they got the heart and tone sure yeah you, you know it's the books are, are are creepy and dreadful and um filled with personality and atmosphere and this definitely has that yeah and, and I, like, I like how there is a perfect mixture because not all of this film is in rotoscope a lot of this film is in traditional i would say old school disney style anime like your Snow White yeah. and the Seven Dwarfs style anime? No, um, it was it was it was before, it was after that because it, it, back in the seventies, Disney was cranking uh, out movies like The Rescuers, where it was very sloppily animated. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. just talking about the style. That's I what mean, I mean. It, yeah, I know, yeah, but that's the yeah. style that, that they were doing, and I agree. But, but uh, I, I, I like how they meshed those two together, and it worked perfectly. I thought. Um, yeah, especially in the it made sense. Especially in the tavern where these are real people, but. The only people that aren't actually there are the are the hobbits. Those yeah. were rotoscoped people, and if you notice, a lot of times the the background art kind of goes with what you just said. It's like, yeah, it does capture the tone because sometimes it's very bright and colorful. Other times, the mm-hmm. art kind of looks sloppy. 
mm-hmm. but it's portraying a tone right of yeah. almost dread and yeah. darkness so i was like i I wonder how many different animators were working on, like, you don't just have one background artist. He probably hired, like, more than a couple for different styles. Yeah. It's, it's like, the more I talk about it, the more I'm leaning towards I like this film. Because I was kind of, like, in the, what do I even think about this? I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. It captured the feel of the books, I yeah, guess. It, yeah, it captured the ambiance of the lore perfectly. Um, <clears throat> you definitely felt like you were watching Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, because that's that's something that the the films do well as as well is that the the feeling that you get in both the animated and the film when the hobbits leave the Shire, shit gets dark and scary, and that's exactly what happens in the books. That's exactly what happens in this animated film, and that's exactly what happens in the later films. Well, and and one one major thing that happens in the books that didn't happen in either was oh, right after what, of the Shire. No, right after they leave the Shire, they run into Tom Bombadil, who's completely unaffected by the ring. Nobody's ever covered that source material on film, and I wish because, they would, because well, it's fascinating. Because it, it's, in the fascinating books, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to read, but in the in the in the context of a script, it it's pointless because it bears nothing on the story. You're not wrong. Anything you're not wrong. It. Sure. Yeah. yeah it's just a, it's just a little side quest they go on in the book, and it's because he had the idea he wanted to flesh out the world. Right. When you're when you're reading a novel Hmm. in a film, that would have been a wasted scene. Yeah, it would have been a complete fan service. But you're you're right. It wouldn't have led to the. um, Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I've heard about this for the first Lord of the Rings book about. I think it was I'm pretty sure it was one of Dasher's Facebook updates from like a couple of years ago. He's like, I've been reading this book for four fucking hours. How am I still in the Shire? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yes, yep. like, dude, my mom, my mom read the books when the movies came out, and she had almost the same gripe. It's like this movie wasted no time in getting them out. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because, like I said, I listened to the audiobook, and the very first audiobook was eight hours long, part one. Fuck. And for and for the first four hours, they're in the fucking Shire the entire time. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Shire, the, the Shire, the Shire is almost half of the yeah. original novel. Yeah. Uh, it yeah so that's crazy to I, me I remember that. like like, I remember like that. you and my mom were the greatest trailers for not to read that book because when i was a kid <laughs> she read the book it's just like this is the boringest book i've ever read they are still in this place they are to go they've gone nowhere well what it was is it was four hours of personalizing the character the players in the film that's all they did they took the first four hours in the shire to get to know all the characters that are going to be in the film, the main characters. And then, okay, you know, every single detail about each one of these characters. Now we can move on. Should it have taken four hours to get to that point? Probably not, but I understand it. So I mean, if, you, it if you really want to break down Tolkien's writing objectively, I mean, is he, does he know how to build a world? Yeah, he fucking does. Yeah. Um, does he know how to progress a story? Yeah. Uh. His, his, his characters are fascinating. He knows how to progress a story when he needs to. But Tolkien is long-winded. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to delve into a lot of detail. Yeah, um, which is what's helped what helped Jackson and them and this and Bashke, uh, you know, put this, uh, you know, translate it visually because mm-hmm. there is so much detail in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. <clears throat> I've read the books twice. I read them. Uh, in 
high school, and then I read them again when I knew the movies were coming out. Mm-hmm. And during my second read, there were parts of the fellowship that I just straight up skipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't need I, to I, read I, it. I knew the story, and I didn't want to read it again. Yeah, talk. I mean, you know, and, and it's weird because the audiobook was being read by Sir Anthony Hopkins, which was awesome. That's the entire. Yeah, I know, right? I see the look on your face. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, the entire, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that's the entire reason. <laughs> That's the entire reason why I chose to listen to the audiobook is because, sure, do you want to hear Anthony Hopkins read your Lord of the Rings? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, so that helped. That did help. Um, but yeah, like you said, Tolkien is long-winded. Kind of like Stephen King is long-winded. Um, at no, time, Stephen I'm... King rambles. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> well, it depends on the story. Like it's yeah. some it's some true, books are small. But... Some books are smaller than others. Like I, I've I've made it maybe seven chapters into the into it, and quit. But Salem's Lot I read front to cover in a few days. Well, that's like the Dark Tower. I mean, I could read that today um, because it's just the the way it's written uh, is all ninety seven volumes. All ninety seven <laughs> volumes. Yes, the way it's written, it's smart. It gets to the point. Um while at the same time taking its time but it doesn't feel like it's Mm -hmm. taking its time if that makes sense but anyway back to this film because we're straying way off track now it happens it does Mm -hmm. so like i wanted to like did you have any major gripes with the film other my biggest gripe is sam Um, i would say that's mine as well they made him a bumbling idiot, and that's not who Sam is in the books at all. There, there were times during this film where I was just absolutely bored, and I can't really yeah, put my yeah. I can't really put my finger on it. Why? I don't think it was a pacing issue. It I was. Think, um, it's hard to explain. I think, it's covered, that, I think it's the problem that you and I share is that we have the film so ingrained in our mind. I, that, mm-hmm. That's probably what that, it was. Yeah. You, you know where this is going, so yeah, you're just you, waiting yeah, on them to yeah. get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like I said, the, the times where I was feeling the most bored at, and it did happen often, um, they were covering the exact same source material they were covering in the movies, but it was so vastly different visually, and the sound of it was so different that it just... I just couldn't stay engaged. Now, a lot of that might have to do with the fact that I've seen the movie so many times. Like you just said, I know what's coming and just hurry up and fucking get to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was terribly bored through certain stretches of this film. That's that would be my biggest gripe, especially when you're hearing uh, word for word dialogue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Between the two. And it just, you know, it kind of, okay, I've heard this in your brain. Yeah. You're, you're going, you know, okay. I, I can almost recite this line for line myself. Why am I listening yeah. to it again? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't remember this specifically correctly. I don't know if when the uh, when the river turned, when the wave turns into horses, mm-hmm. I, that idea originated here or if that's described the way in the book. Uh, it's described that way I in the book. OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about when Arwen shows up. Yeah, but she time. didn't. Yeah. She wasn't even in, it, or she didn't even show up. Uh, it, it, the it river just Legolas. did that. Right. No, yeah. Legolas. 
no, Legolas, Legolas? no, it, Frodo was just there on his own, and it was, uh, they, I think they said in the animated film that it was the Elf King who did that, or it was just the river that did that, and the, the horses, that was Gandalf, uh, he, that was his influence on the, on the water. Yeah, I think, uh, see, I can't, because uh, I know in the movies it's Arwen that does it. Yeah, it's Arwen. Um, in the books, uh, I think it's actually Elrond that does it, but, but it may be Gandalf. I don't actually remember because it's well, been a while. they said in the animated film that the, the the water was already doing that. The fact that they turned into horses that was just Gandalf's uh, little addition. At least that's what I think I remember hearing. I watched yeah, it this morning. No, Gandalf was no Gandalf was trapped at that point. Yeah, because Gandalf wasn't even there. He was at the top of. Uh... Well, that doesn't mean that he'd have influence on what the river was going to do. Like, maybe that's, that's a defense I mean, mechanism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, well, I mean, they were in elf lands, basically. So I guess it would make sense if it was Elrond, because Elrond's basically King a, shit. Mage, a mage without being a mage. Um, no, so. in, in, in the books, the elf that comes and gets Frodo to take him to Rivendell to get healed is... is it's, uh, it's not Legolas, it's not Arwen, it's not Elrond, it's some other elf. Mm. I don't know any other shows ones. up. Um, I don't remember at all. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, not that it matters. But, yeah, but in any, in any of it, I thought I thought it was uh, it was cool to see uh, a lot of the influence that Jackson picked up from this. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, because he he he's, he straight up admitted. Yeah, well, that, that this film was his inspiration. Yeah, and it, you, you can see it. I mean, he picked up a lot of influence from this mm-hmm. film. Um, to to the benefit of his films, uh, because there are some great conceptual ideas in this film. Yeah, because if anything, this is a this is a rough draft. Yeah, yeah, that's how I look at it. That's why I give this film. Mm-hmm. I give it. I'll give it a solid B. I, I was thinking myself. Yeah, B, B minus. Yeah, sure. that's a yeah. B for me. Um, I don't know uh, how I if I. I know I like this Gandalf too, but I don't like him better than no. McKellen's Gandalf. That's no. the problem, though. It's like because I tried to I I tried to do that. I was like, do I like this Gandalf? I'm like, well, it's almost unfair yeah. because Ian McKellen played one of them, and right. saying anything against Ian McKellen is almost like punishable by death. No, yeah, I'll, well, say, I'll say I'll say this right now. The best thing about this Gandalf is who voiced him, 100. Mm-hmm. percent yeah. No, uh, Ian McKellen's portrayal of Gandalf is one of the greatest performances ever on screen. And I also like uh, Christopher Lee's portrayal of, um, of Saruman. Of Saruman way better than what we got in this film. Also, well, yeah, because Saruman's barely in this film, so it doesn't exactly. really matter. But this movie has also a added detriment of the the whole reveal of Gandalf still being alive. Right. You revealed it in the same movie, so there wasn't a lot of time to absorb mm-hmm. the impact of that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when when I because I didn't know anything about uh, these books, so when when I watched Two Towers for the first time and I saw Gandalf was alive, that was amazing. Yeah. But when you watch it in the same film that he died mm-hmm. in, like, okay, it, Marvel, what are you, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and and, and I would say another nitpick, and I'm, I, you know, it's not the fault of the people that created this film. I'm sure they had a budget to deal with and time to deal with, and they wanted to tell a specific story. But they covered a lot of source material in two and a half hours. They did. A That's like a lot they, of source material. They really did. They, yeah, they, this, this, this is definitely Fellowship Abridged. Right, 100%. 
yeah, this is the Lord of the Rings one and a half. Because, like I said, they cut off right in the middle of Two Towers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Battle of the Two Towers lasts, what, maybe five minutes? And then the movie just literally, all right, hey, we defeated the Orcs. Bye. You're talking about Helm's Deep, right? Helm's Deep, Deep, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, Helm's Deep, yeah. Which, as far as, you know, Lord of the Rings history is concerned, the Battle of Helm's Deep is always, other other than the battle in Return of the King, my favorite battle scene in the entire franchise. No, that one was definitely legit. Oh, because there's so much going during that battle. Yeah. So there's so much at stake. Well, and I think that's the thing that this film was missing was that epic moment that you get in, you get at least one in each of the Lord of the Rings movies. Like mm-hmm. in Return of the King, it's the charge of the Rohirrim. In the Battle of Helm's Deep, it's Gandalf coming over the hill crest to save the day, which they they tried to do that in this movie, but he came over the hill with like 50 men. So it kind of lost its luster. Because filming people cost a lot more money. True. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, a, a, something that the rotoscoping over live action may have hindered. Right. Was being able to achieve that epic moment because epicness, yeah. when it comes to a battle, is scale. Yeah. And when you see, uh, you know, 50 men coming up with Gandalf as opposed to 300 men on horseback. Right. That's different. Yeah. Um, you don't get to see uh, 10,000 right. You see right. a few. Yeah. So there's a, you know, some of that's lost visually, uh, which again, like you said, this movie, they probably couldn't help it. Right. Even if yeah. they draw everything, that still costs money. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's the fault of the creators of the film. I just think the times and the budget didn't allow for that epic moment that this film probably needed to be better than it was. And again, it's not could, a bad film. No, you could tell that he was trying to get there, but you could, mm-hmm. you could notice the limitations of the budget. Right. Um, also, the time they were in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, te- technological limitations and money, I'm sure, played mm-hmm. a big factor in that right there. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to touch on, how did y'all feel about the score and how it flowed with the movie? I, it's it's I, floating. I, yeah, it definitely... I It captured the, the, uh, the vibe they were going for with the exception of one, and once again, it brings it back to my biggest problem, and that's Sam. When he's, <laughs> when he's meeting Gladriel... He's like, they, they play that goofy Looney Tunes bumpy music. And I'm like, yeah, what is happening? Yeah. Um, another thing I found extremely funny is um, every time Schmeagel stood up and spoke, Smeagol. the body language they gave him looked like he was spitting a hot 16. He looked like he <laughs> oh, was- dude, by the way. So speaking of speaking of Gollum. When they uh, uh, Gollum, the, very, yeah, Gollum, the, the first the first couple minutes of the film are all are live action just behind a red rotoscope uh, filter, right? Damn, that's that that Gollum puppet or whatever they had was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. holy crap, yeah, that was creepy. Cool. That's like no, oh, that is stuff of my nightmares. And I do feel like if you if you haven't seen the Peter Jackson films. I could almost bet anybody that watched that first couple of minutes explaining the backstory of the ring was probably lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. 
they just jump right into it. Here's the, there were rings. There was this guy. He got his hand cut. I'm like, whoa, slow down. I, I know <laughs> who Isildur is. I know who Sauron is. But like, God, could you imagine watching this with no prior knowledge of the Lord of the Rings? You would be lost as fuck. Well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't hold your hand. No, but it gives it gives you what you need to know. But like it also you, it, it kind of you, assumes that you know what you're getting. Well, yeah, but it's I, the, to this a point. Movie, no, dude, the, the first the, the the preamble to this film is a redneck father that throws his five year old child into the lake with no swim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, yeah. it just assumes that yeah. you know what's going on. Yeah. Um. One thing this movie did get me hyped for though is the um damn cat is the uh, show that's going to be coming out on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm not stuck for that at all because I know literally nothing about it. Just the fact that it's Lord of the Rings means nothing to me. My dick is not hard. It's quite soft right now. It's oh, <laughs> well, it's 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 a prequel. Um, it's, Great, you know, a Silder and all those cats. It's going to tell their backstory. I think so. Uh, I, th- I think, like I say, I haven't read up much on it. I saw the one trailer that they dropped, and I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and the and the fa- and the fact that Bezos dropped four hundred and thirty-seven million on the production behind it, um, it better blow my fucking mind. If yeah, it doesn't, it that's the if, hey. If it doesn't, that's just like the greatest thing to ever happen to Jeff Bezos. It's like <laughs> you, <laughs> you want to talk about spend, blowing money on dick rockets? You blew your money on this crap. <laughs> I'm just does it, does, does it, look. Let's be real. It looks like a penis. It has a head. <laughs> there was a definite metaphor there somewhere, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm so rich, I'm going to fuck the sky. Uh, that's literally what it is. <laughs> I could solve hunger in this country, but nope. No, you could. He could. He could solve world hunger on this planet. Yeah, this country doesn't need that. So um, we don't need. We don't need rockets. We need. Uh, I'm not getting into that. All right. Anything else about this movie, gentlemen? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm, recommend anyone who I don't know if I'd recommend this this for anyone who has no uh, familiarity with the subject material. Sure. But if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, if you've never seen this, do yourself a favor and watch it. I think you'll get some appreciation out of it at least. I would say if you like watching really cool looking shit, smoky or fatty, sit back and check this out. The source material is not really going to matter because no. it's going to look cool. Oh, this is yeah. definitely a, a, a stoner, Sunday this, movie. There's definitely a stoner film for sure. Yeah. But yeah, they, I, I would say like, yeah, if, if there are people out there that are just like, Oh, the Peter Jackson can do no wrong. Like, well, he this came did. first and it, it, it had, it had different directions and ideas for certain characters that I personally don't hate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, Except um, for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hate, I hate this portrayal of Sam. Uh, <laughs> other than that, there's really nothing really negative I could say about this. Yeah. I mean, even, even Bilbo was done justice. I thought, I mean, he wasn't in the movie a lot, but they, no, they did. Bilbo he was right. there. Yeah. He was there. Uh, yeah, it yeah, it kind of took away from uh, like they didn't spend a lot of time on his obsession with the ring, right? Like they did in the other. But the, like I said, it, it what the what this movie did in like fifteen minutes, it took Peter Jackson's movie like forty five to get us mm. to. Like the, the, it was yeah. skipping because we had places to go, and right. you only had so much time in this movie, right? <clears throat> but 
and that's another thing i didn't know i don't which i don't know which one is correct uh because in peter jackson's film frodo's uh journey starts literally right after bilbo leaves but it says in this movie that 17 years pass i'm like okay so which one happened because i like i like that explanation of 17 he had had that much time with the ring yeah, which but, would have corrupted his mind and made a lot more sense why he didn't want to give it up in the Peter Jackson films. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken in the books, when um, when Gandalf is in the Shire and learns that Frodo has the ring, and Gandalf's like, I got to go somewhere, you know, I'll meet you back here, blah, blah, blah. I think three years pass in the books before Gandalf comes back and gets up with Frodo. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a quick, so time, a lot of time passes in this story. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine because that way it makes sense. Like he was around the ring, absorbing its darkness and becoming obsessed with it like everybody else. Right. It's just little things that sometimes, you know, maybe masterpieces leave out. Sure. Uh, but, um, so, yeah. Anyway, again, uh, I think we all agree that this movie is a solid B. Um, yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's not. I don't know, I don't know if I'll watch, watch it again soon, but I'll, yeah, I was just definitely watch it again. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to watch it, this for a while. Yeah, it's going to be a long while before I ever check it out again. But yeah, sure, maybe one day I'll I'll, I'll see it again. Maybe, uh, Seth, you're on deck next week. What do you got? Yeah. So next week we are going to watch the film Tremor, starring Kevin Bacon and the recently passed Fred Ward. Oh, this was right. planned. Oh, R.I.P. Fred Ward. Yeah, yeah, that real. was weird. I was like, because you mentioned that I last week, that movie, and, he, and, and then two, day, two days later, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I may have killed Fred Ward. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so tremors, and then Dasher. Do you know what you're doing? Uh yeah, we're going to um, watch what is widely considered as the first summer blockbuster film. Jaws. We're going to watch Jaws. Hell okay. yes. I I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know it's going to be a movie I've never seen because there are those movies that just pique my interest and I've just never got around to them. So using this podcast as a vehicle to watch these films might oh, I've got actually... A list. I've oh, got yeah. a list. Yeah. I, I'm, like, that, I'm constantly, that I'm constantly adding to, mind you. I'm constantly adding and removing. Like, no, yeah. maybe not that one just yeah. yet. Yeah. But uh, it will be something that I've never seen because I want I want fresh eyes. And sure, I'm, I'm staring at one right now. I'm like, yeah. uh, maybe is it? I don't and, know if I want to. I don't know if I want to say what it is and lock myself in. Well, and as far as Seth's pick is concerned, I, I've seen that movie so many times I can probably recite it line for line. But I probably have not seen it in about ten years. Yeah, me too. It's been a while. Yeah, oh, I could do the same with Jaws. Like I haven't oh, seen oh, Jaws yeah, in sure. like three years, but I'll, yeah, I'll quote you right now. Yeah, I haven't seen Jaws in a long time either, so that's why I used I used that uh, that boat monologue about uh, you know uh, uh, that the captain was giving. I used that monologue in college. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, gentlemen, didn't get the part. <laughs> <laughs> bitter. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm totally bitter. Uh, little little life things that happen. Little life things that happen to bring us to where we are today. My casting director can suck my dick. Uh, All right. So until then, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun.